I think there are two things that make people nervous about sermons. The first is that it's going to be too long. And the second is that it's going to make them too uncomfortable. Well, I can assure you this sermon won't take too long. But I can't promise it won't make you uncomfortable. But that's okay, because I'm uncomfortable too. I'm a little nervous. I'm a little thirsty. My throat's a little dry. That happens when I get a little nervous. And I bet some of you are uncomfortable as well. Sitting in a hard pew. Maybe your coat's a little too snug. Maybe you're a little too warm in here or a little too cold. Maybe you haven't had your coffee yet and you're a little sleepy, maybe even a little grumpy. That's okay. It's okay to be uncomfortable. I think we're all a little uncomfortable in general. There's a lot going on right now. We're in the midst of another COVID surge that we were hoping wouldn't come. We're kind of in a new season as a church, trying to figure out what the next few months are going to look like and, and how we're going to be as a church. And it's also seven degrees outside. I, I asked some people what, what makes them uncomfortable, namely my uh, immediate family and Anna and Taylor and Brielle, who are over there. Here's some responses I got. What makes you uncomfortable? COVID. Job interviews. Brielle said, when someone is talking to me, but I can't understand them, so I just keep saying what? <laughs> Public speaking. Difficult conversations. Self-reflection. Past mistakes. Praying in front of family that aren't Christians. What makes you uncomfortable? Sometimes I worry. I have this fear that I didn't grow as much at Harding as I should have. I was a Bible major, so I learned more. I learned more theology. I learned more about Scripture than I had anywhere else in church before or in church after. I was surrounded by more Christians than I had ever been around, thousands. But I, I feel like I worried that I didn't grow at Harding quite as much as I did when I was, say, at Ganderbrook. Now, how could that be possible? I went to chapel every day. I went to multiple Bible classes every day. I went to small groups, prayer groups. I was in a social club that was Christian-based. How could I not have grown as much as I thought I would? Well, I'll tell you why. It's because I was too comfortable. What I needed was to be uncomfortable. And perhaps that's what you need to. Turning your Bibles to Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1, verse 14. Now, after John was arrested... Jesus came into Galilee, proclaiming the gospel of God and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Passing along the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, the brother of Simon, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on a little farther, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who were in their boat, mending their nets. And immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired servants and followed him. 
Simon, Andrew, James, and John are all called by Jesus to join his ministry. Simon and Andrew drop their nets, leave their boat, and they join Jesus. They leave behind their jobs, their livelihoods, the way they make their living. They leave it behind. James and John leave their nets and boats too, but they also leave behind their own father, Zebedee. Now, I think this is cool too, and a point that needs to be made. They didn't need convincing. Jesus didn't need to send them to months of ministry training or assign them any special book to read first. They just dropped their lives and answered the calling. And I think there's a lesson to be learned from that. Now, in the next verse, 21, it says they went to Capernaum. And I point this out because I think it's cool. There's some irony here. Capernaum comes from the Hebrew word kafar nehum, which means the village of comfort. So after giving up all their comfort to answer this calling, Jesus takes them to the village of comfort. Now there's a pattern here I need to point out, and this is going to serve as the basis for the rest of today's lesson. Simon, Andrew, James, and John, they leave their jobs and their family to answer their calling. Coming into your calling means coming out of your comfort zone. If you're not convinced, there's no need to look any further than the story of Jesus, which I think is validating enough. To come to earth to answer his calling meant leaving heaven, paradise, leaving behind his father, and coming to a broken world where he would endure unspeakable discomfort. He had everything, everything you could ever want, everything you could ever imagine. You literally cannot imagine a better place to be. And he gave that up to come here, to live as a man, to be treated like he was treated, and to be crucified. Coming into your calling means coming out of your comfort zone. When we are called by Jesus, we are called to discomfort. Luke 9, 23 says, If anyone would come to me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Sometimes we like to pretend it says something like this. If anyone would come after me, let him comfort himself and follow me. But let's not forget what it actually says. Let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. If anyone would come after me, let him deny his comfort. Let him deny his fancy house, his heated seats. Let him deny himself and follow me. Following Jesus means being uncomfortable. When we are called by Jesus, we are called to discomfort. But why would this be? It sounds strange to say that, that we would be called to discomfort. It sounds a bit uncomfortable. I thought we were supposed to find peace in Jesus. I thought we would always be happy as a Christian, right? So why would, be, why would we be called to discomfort? The first reason is that the mission of Christ is uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable to live differently than the rest of the world. It's uncomfortable to share the gospel with our friends and our neighbors and strangers. It's uncomfortable to, to confront our sin and our brokenness and our mistakes. It's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable to wake up early, get dressed, leave our nice warm houses when it's so cold out and come to church. The mission of Christ is not a comfortable mission. 
C.S. Lewis famously said, if you want a religion to make you feel really comfortable, I certainly don't recommend Christianity. The mission of Christ is not comfortable. And the second reason why we would be called to discomfort is because discomfort leads to growth. I'm sure you've heard this before. When a weightlifter or anyone lifts weights, what is happening is they're tearing their muscle fibers. When you lift weights, you're actually breaking down your muscle. But what happens afterward in the recovery phase, which is the most important, is that your muscle fibers regrow and repair. And the key is that they repair even stronger than they were before. The world's greatest soldiers did not become the world's greatest soldiers by being comfortable. They became the world's greatest soldiers by being uncomfortable and training and growing and rebuilding and recovering. And the same can be said for our faith. We experience these tearing down moments where the fibers of our faith are being torn, but then we recover, we rebuild, we heal, and we end up stronger than we were before. The other night we had a conversation about shame and whether or not we should feel ashamed of ourselves when we sin. That led to a conversation about guilt and remorse as Christians and the roles that they play. And you know what's really uncomfortable? Guilt and remorse. I'm sure we've all felt it. And if not, we all will feel it. And it's, it's really uncomfortable to deal with. But do you know what guilt and remorse lead to? Repentance, forgiveness, salvation. Discomfort leads to growth. Well, I hope at this point you're at least a little uncomfortable. But it's for a good reason. I mean, I certainly was uncomfortable when I was writing this. I was, you know, facing a lot of my own discomfort with being uncomfortable and, and trying to, to reject comfort. But we love comfort, don't we? We love our heated seats and our remote starts. We love our couches and our TVs. I mean, how, how many of you have a comfort food? I certainly do. Biscuits and gravy? It's a comfort food. We love our comfort. But how many times have we withheld the gospel from someone because it might make us feel uncomfortable? How many times has a visitor walked in and out the doors, not here, but anywhere, without having met anyone because we need to get to lunch before the other church is let out? We love comfort. I don't want to mislead you. The problem here is not comfort itself. The problem is where we turn for comfort. If you look at all the scriptures dealing with comfort, you will find many commands to comfort others, and you will find many promises that God comforts us. But you, what you will not find is a command to comfort yourself. C.S. Lewis, in Mere Christianity again, addresses comfort. He wrote, In religion, as in war and everything else, Comfort is the one thing you cannot get by looking for it. If you look for truth, you may find comfort in the end. But if you look for comfort, you will find neither comfort nor truth, only soft soap and wishful thinking to begin with, and in the end, despair. Comfort is the one thing we cannot get by looking for it. Because comfort comes from above. 
In John 15, 26, Jesus says that he is going to send the Holy Spirit. But what does he call the Spirit? In Greek, the word Jesus uses is paraclete. Now, in many translations, this is often translated as helper. That Jesus was going to send us a helper. But if you go back to the Greek word paraclete, it could just as easily be translated as comforter. Paraclete means comforter. Our comforter comes from above. It's the Spirit of God. So where do we go from here? The first thing we need to realize is that Christ did not come to this world to comfort, but to confront. We often like to think about Jesus as the comforter and Satan as the one who confronts. But I think sometimes we have it backwards. Perhaps sometimes Satan comforts and Jesus confronts. Satan wants us to be comfortable. When we're comfortable, we're not growing. When we're comfortable, we're not answering our calling. Satan wants us to run to comfort in places outside of God so that we do not answer our calling. Comfort leads to complacency. Comfort leads to compromise. Satan tells us that all things should work together for our comfort, but what does God tell us? He says he will work all things together for our good. And sometimes that means being uncomfortable. You know what's really comfortable? Sin. Let's be real. Sin is comfortable. That's why we're so tempted by it. It can even be fun. And my, this might be uncomfortable for you to hear. Sin can be fun. I'd be lying if I said it doesn't make me feel good to criticize people, to talk down on people, to gossip. It can make me feel good. Sin is comfortable. But that's what Satan wants. He wants us to stay comfortable in our sin. He wants us to be complacent. But Jesus came to confront. And if you don't believe me, look no further than the Passover story. When Jesus institutes the Lord's Supper, he gathers all the disciples together. They're going to share this Passover meal. They're sitting around the table. They've got warm food in front of them. They're probably laughing, you know, having a good old time. Jesus passes out the food. You know, they've got this Passover feast in front of them. And all of a sudden, Jesus says, eat my flesh and drink my blood. He takes them out of their discomfort to teach them a lesson and to warn them. Christ did not come to comfort us. He came to confront us, to confront the sin that makes us comfortable. He didn't live and die to make us comfortable. He lived so he could confront and to show us how to be uncomfortable. And he died to give us comfort and salvation. Let's reject the goal of comfort. Don't get me wrong. Comfort is not a bad thing. Comfort is something that can be enjoyed and can be found. But if our goal is comfort, then we won't grow. We won't answer our calling. Let's get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Because as long as we are walking this walk and living this life, we will be uncomfortable. 
Have those tough conversations. Pray those uncomfortable prayers. Share the gospel. Get uncomfortable. But find comfort in the Father. 2 Corinthians 1, verses 3 through 5. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. He comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. For the more we suffer for Christ, the more God will shower us with his comfort through Christ. We go through troubles so that we can be comforted by God. And then in turn, so we can take that comfort and comfort others. This morning, if you're ready to step out of your comfort zone and ready to step into your calling, or if you need comfort, that comfort that we give to each other, if you need that comfort from your brothers and sisters, please, please reach out to Decker or Scott or any of your brothers and sisters here. And today, if you're ready to answer your calling, to step out of your comfort zone and, and give your life to Jesus. Please, won't you come forward as we stand and sing.